Hey, good morning. Hallelujah. Thanks, uh, Adam. <clears throat> yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, man, a lot's happened this, this week. <laughs> so um, I do ride a bike, but it's not a Harley. <laughs> I joke with uh, Bob Brower that his, his biking outfit looks a lot different than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I rode along the east coast of Michigan, <clears throat> for those of you who aren't on Facebook, and uh, <clears throat> all along the east coast, there were, like, every bar was welcome bikers, because apparently there was some biker thing. I thought, what if, what if I walked in? <laughs> They'd probably beat me up, you know? <laughs> so, I ride a bicycle. For those of you who don't know. All right. <clears throat> Hallelujah. It is good to be back. Had a great time in Alpena uh, last week as well, ministering up there, our sister church. And they're just, it was amazing. They've just grown substantially and uh, got a lot of life in the church up there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So uh, It was great. The whole place was filled. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And uh, and had a conference with our regional pastors, so uh, it's been a busy last two weeks for me. And Fred Wright, our associ- uh, association's uh, uh, coordinator, the head of it, was here last week and heard it was great as well. Uh, we do want to pray for a family in the church, the Brower family, <clears throat> which includes the Gerbers and and uh, Jeffries, Evie, um, uh, the. Sue Brower's father, Audie uh, Bear, passed away. Uh, had uh, an illness, and okay, um, just last week. And so we just want to pray comfort on the whole family. Uh, so if you just join with me, Father, we thank you uh, that uh, your grace is just evident. <clears throat> And uh, that you would just cause uh, each and every individual in the whole family, uh, Father, to feel your comfort. Lord, you say that you're a very present help in times of need. And even when someone's a believer and they, we know that uh, he's going to uh, rest in your arms, Father, it's still difficult to lose a loved one. And we just pray that uh, the whole family, each and every member, would be comforted uh, during this time as they grieve the loss. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, <clears throat> we are continuing on our series of uh, based on second, uh, First Corinthians, first or second, I forget, <laughs> First Corinthians 3.9, <laughs> sorry, uh, on the biblical view of the church, First Corinthians 3.9 says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building, and uh, so we're looking at what it means to be the church, and understanding, again, just to remind you, um, that when we talk about the church, it's uh, another place in Corinthians of chapter 12, it says, uh, you are the body of Christ and members individually. The body of Christ is synonymous with the church. And so you, plurally, he's talking to the whole church in Corinth, are the body of Christ and members individually. And so it's both as a corporate or as a group, we are the church, but individually we make up the church or we are the church. So it applies to us individually and it applies all of the principles that we're talking about apply to us as a church body. The first week we looked at what it meant to be God's building. Uh, last, uh, The second week of the series we talked about what it means to be the garden of God or God's field. And this week we're, and this week and next week we're going to look uh, 
briefly at what it means to be co-laborers with God, God's fellow workers. And um, let me just read a little bit out of a commentary by a man named Clark on the phrase, for we are laborers together with God. He writes, we do nothing of ourselves, nor in reference to ourselves. We labor together in that work which God has given us to do. We expect all our success from Him and refer the whole to His glory. Okay? So we expect our success to come from God. He gets all the glory of what we do. We are co-laboring with Him. We are fellow laborers of God. And he goes on, he says, <clears throat> he translates it this way, we labor together in the work of God. And he explains, far from being divided among ourselves, we jointly labor as oxen in the same yoke to promote the honor of our Master. Now, oxen and yoke are probably not something you're familiar with. When's the last time you yoked up your ox? <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, I should have had a picture of it. It's where um, two animals, you, uh, you, we occasionally will see it uh, out in the Amish or Mennonite areas. There's still some families that do hand or horse drawn plowing. Uh, I was just a few weeks ago out by Sturgis, actually, and there was a man out <clears throat> with two horses with a, and had them yoked together with a plow. And I was riding my bike, and I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he was going to plow this field by hand, and I've seen him working. And that's what it is. It's this uh, uh, thing that uh, connects together uh, several animals, and you can have many, many animals yoked together, that, uh, a harness that hooks them together so that the strength of uh, all of the animals uh, are joined together to accomplish the work that the farmer wants to accomplish. All right? So in the same way, it's not really the oxen that are plowing, even though they are laboring. It's the farmer that's plowing. He knows what he's doing. He has the uh, goal in mind. He's harnessing the power, and when they work together, it's easier for all involved. Amen? All right? You got it? When we work together? Say, when we work together, it's easier for all involved. That's the whole point of this whole talk. I could end right now. But I won't. <laughs> Boy, I'm, we're, we're running late this morning. Maybe I should. <laughs> another, another place it says, another commentary says, it, uh, it is of God that we are fellow workers, laboring with, but under, and belonging to Him as His servants. Uh, Wesley, very famous preacher, uh, puts it this way, for we are all fellow laborers, God's laborers, and fellow laborers with each other. That's the point. We're God's laborers and we're laboring together with one another. Okay, we work with God, we work with one another, and we work together to accomplish God's purposes. Although, if you'll notice in verse uh, 8 of this a passage, 1 Corinthians 3.8, it says, each one will receive his or her own reward according to his or her own labor. Okay? So even though we work together as a team, if, uh, ultimately, we will be rewarded individually. Okay? It's a, it's a team project, but we're all graded individually. 
Got it? <laughs> it's a team project, but we all receive an individual paycheck at the end of the uh, the task. All right? And so there's this, uh, you have to keep it clear that God, uh, that your individual effort is is recognized by God and will be rewarded by God, but the task that we are about and being the church is all about working together as a team in in fellowship or in unity with God. Let me just quote a couple other scriptures where this same phrase and the same idea is communicated. Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 through 6, 1, uh, says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, uh, as though God were pleading through us. This is a very common scripture in reference to ministering the gospel to the unsaved. We're ambassadors. We represent Christ. As though God himself were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled, be reconnected with God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That's the Gospel in one sentence. And then six one says, We then as workers together, same Greek word, workers together, co-laborers with Him, with God, also plead with you not to receive this grace of God in vain. So he's talking to the church. Don't, don't, don't sell short this grace that God has given. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, <clears throat> Paul is writing, verse 2, uh, concerning Timothy. And he, he just mentions Timothy, but he uses the same Greek word that's translated co-laborers. Uh, Paul's referring, says, We sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker, in the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. In a different translation, it's put this way. We sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker. Say God's co-worker. You're God's co-worker. Think about that. You're God's co-worker. We all understand co-worker. Somebody we work with. Alright? You're God's, God's your co-worker. And you're God's co-worker. Just as T Timothy was. In proclaiming the good news of Christ, we sent him to strengthen and encourage you in the faith. The message puts it this way. We sent Timothy to get you up and about. <coughs> uh, cheering you on so you wouldn't be discouraged by these hard times. He's a brother and companion in the faith. God's man. He's God's man. And spreading the message. God's man. <laughs> You're God's man. You're God's woman. And you have to understand, uh, God is not a respecter of persons. If it's true, applicable to the person called Timothy 2,000 years ago, it's true and applicable to you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You are God's man. You are God's woman. In whatever place God has put you, you're His co-laborer to accomplish His task in that place. Do you understand that? Yes? No? Maybe so? Okay. So all of these verses translate the same word or idea, being workers together, co-laborers, and they kind of struggle, the commentators also kind of struggle with this idea that there's three different aspects. There's God, okay, involved here. Uh, like Paul says, we are co-laborers, you are God's building, you are God's garden. You know, some people are like, well, 
is Paul talking about the apostles and his team are the we are the laborers and you are the field? But then just the next verse, it says, you need to build, you need to labor uh, appropriately or properly because you'll be judged by it. So he includes the congregation as laborers as well. Are you hearing me? Okay, so God is one of the laborers. And then there's the we or the group that's the church, so all of the Corinthians, right, are the laborers. And then there's the individual. What's a word that means individual that starts with G? Guy or Gail. <laughs> Boom! You know, if you just think long enough, you get one. This is a 3G network. <laughs> Boom, baby! All right, I'm sorry. Wish I wish we had here in Michigan, but we don't yet. <laughs> we, we, this is the eternal 3G network. Oh, I love it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. All right. And so <clears throat> we as individuals work with God. We're co-laborers with God, right? We're fellow work. He's our co-worker, right? But we're also co-laborers with one another. Look around the room. This is it. Look around. Literally, look around the room. Okay? We're all workers together. You all work together with God. And then the group interacts with God. This morning we had a group interaction with God. God showed up. And He had some things to say that wasn't part of the program. And the program is from God. We pray earnestly and seek God for it. But we're all, we, every Sunday we say, God, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do, do it. You know, so when He comes in with a holy interruption, that's of God. And we're open to it. We want to respond. So the group responded and interacted with God as well. And, and it's when this all works effectively, efficiently, okay, that we are the church. It's when it all works together, we are the church. And when it's not working together, I don't know what we are. Okay? We're like wannabe church. Okay? Right? You take God out, you can have groups and individuals doing good things. You know? And that's fine. People want to do good things as an organization. Go for it. You know? But it's not the kingdom. It's not building the kingdom. You have individual and God. Lone Ranger Christian out doing something. Usually, in my experience, 20... Uh, five years of pastoral experience ended up hurting a lot of people and ended up burning out. I got a list. I can name off a hundred names. People have been burned out. Thinks they're they're gonna they're the church, just them and God. You know, and I don't get in their way because they're God's kid, not mine. <laughs> I believe in the church. All right, all right. Have a have a group without without understanding the importance of individuals. That's just unhealthy, right? And then I had another picture that probably better, more accurately represents how it works. <clears throat> and that is, you got God, and then you have groups, right? Churches within, and they really overlap, right? How many churches are there in the world? There's 250 in Kalamazoo County. I counted them, really, right? But then within each church, you have individuals, Right? And so it's almost like a cellular structure, huh? It's almost like the body of Christ. Wow. 
So if we are the body of Christ, which organ in that body are you? No. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving right along. This is a great, I think, analogy. We're going to go a little long this morning, but now that we have a little theological understanding of the verse, let's try to move it into application. Let's say you lived, let's say you lived at the time, how many have heard of Michelangelo? Right? Let's, let's say you were a 14, 15 year old kid in the neighborhood and Michelangelo said, hey, I need some help carving this statue. I, I need your help. Would you help me? How about Thomas Edison? When did he live? 100 years ago? 150 years ago? I don't even know. Something like that. What if you're a young man, you know, and Thomas Edison's working on this thing? It's like, I just can't quite figure out how to get this thing to emit light. Could you help me in the process? I need your help. Could you be my assistant and, and, and work with me in this? What would you say? How about Bill Gates calls you up, or Steve Jobs? <laughs> you know, if you're an Apple guy. <clears throat> they call you up and say, listen, I have a new computer uh, business idea, and I need, I'm pulling together a team to, to implement a new, whole new business, computer-based business, and I want you to be part of that. How would you feel? She was... <laughs> You called the wrong number. <laughs> Barack Obama. I know that's part of the point. Barack Obama calls you up and says, listen, we have an international problem putting together a team of experts, and, and I value your opinion. I want you to be part of this team to tackle this problem. And I know maybe you, you represent a different point of view, but I want your point of view. I need you on this team. All right. What's the, the reality? You know what I'm going for. You'd be honored, and you'd be what? Scared. I'd be humbled. Did you hear the speech of the Supreme Court Justice that uh, uh, Barack Obama, President Obama, appointed? And I just happened to catch it, and she said, I'm honored and I'm humbled. You know, I don't deserve this. <clears throat> hopefully, you would be, and you should feel incredibly honored and humbled, and hopefully you would respond by doing your best at whatever the cost Right? Because of the honor and privilege of being asked to do something of such significance and importance. If this is true of serving in mere human endeavors, how much more true should it be when we are called by God Himself to be co-laborers with Him? Thank you. That's the point. It is a tremendous honor to serve with God. It is a tremendous honor to serve with you. I uh, anointed <coughs> Sam and Emily Wakefield pastors in, in Muskegon, and they wanted to come under uh, the ordination. They want to be ordained through a church that has similar uh, values. And so we ordained them. And at one point I said, you know, Sam and Emily, I'm really honored by this, that you asked me to ordain you. And Emily especially, she was like, what? What do you mean by that? She was surprised that I was honored. But it was an honor for me to be honored by them. 
See, they, they saw as an honor to them, but I saw as an honor that they respected me and were, were in relationship. Do you know that in, Jesus says in John 15 that by this, when we serve and produce fruit, says, My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So when you work and produce fruit in the kingdom, it brings glory to God. That means God's honored by that. Do you realize, do you realize that when you work together with God, it is honoring to God? You honor. That's like Michelangelo going, wow, I'm really glad you're helping me carve this statue. And you going, Come on. You know, but it's true. God's saying, I really want you to be part of the team. I need what you have. I gave you what you have for the purpose of working together with me and with one another. So, now this applies in your secular job, whatever you're doing, working in a store, working in a factory, working in an office, working in a, you If you... If you do it as unto the Lord and you honor the Lord with the proceeds of it, you're co-laboring with God in that as well as being a witness. This is not just religious stuff. It's when you labor together, when you go to work and you represent Christ in that place and so it reflects in how you do your work and your faithfulness, you are co-laboring with God and God is honored. And when you show up for work and you are representing God, let me tell you, your employer will will notice. Because you're working to please the Lord and not just uh, the Master, right? It means you're not going to be late. You're going to be early, right? You're going to work your best whether they're there or not, right? And there's a whole bunch of things that fall under that, and that honors God. But it also applies when we work together here at the church. And that's what we're doing, the Serve Sundays, um, that uh, when we labor together in the work of God, whether it's witnessing to someone at work or in in a park or at a PTEA meeting or wherever it may be, you're laboring together and we work together. But it also involves when we work together. Right now, there's a whole team of people working just to do this service. All right? You know, people prepare the bulletin and, and... and the announcements, and and uh, MC, and the communion, and right now there are people taking care of kids in the nursery, and people teaching children in kids' church, and there's a whole process of a lot of people. And when we get good <laughs> at working together, this is what will break open the ability for us to minister to more people. And so as we learn to work together, we can carry a greater load. We can produce more fruit. And fruit fruit is changed lives. More people coming into relationship with Jesus Christ and being set free. And that gives God glory. Okay? That's that's how we, we participate. So the application to this truth of being a co laborer with Christ... Uh, partly the we aspect, the individual aspect is how you serve the Lord day by day in your regular job, wherever you may be. Okay? That's the individual. But the group as a church, <clears throat> as a church is when we work together. 
And so you have the opportunity after service today and after service next week, what we're trying to do is rather than each uh, ministry in the church hounding everybody to try to get volunteers throughout the year, we want to try to say, okay, these are all the serving opportunities. And in the family room area, there's tables, and you can look and choose and and get some information. And next week, you'll have the opportunity as well. Or maybe you know where, where you want to serve, and you can sign up. And so that uh, you can find a place where you can work together and be part of the group working together with God. Individual, God, group, all together as one body, being co-laborers. And in this and through this, you know, it's that honor and that dignity uh, that we can gain when we see what we do uh, as fulfilling God's call. Listen. Many people misunderstand this. Um, when it talks about each person receives their reward according to what they do, it's according to how faithful you are to do what God's called you to do, not what you do. All right? And so me up here preaching a sermon doesn't get me any more points or any more reward than someone changing a diaper in nursery. In fact, Jesus said the least is the greatest. All right? So diaper changers, man, they get way more glory. And I'm good with that. <laughs> so if you're going for glory, all right, or teaching the kids, actually teaching the kids is so fun. It is just fun. You know, if you're going, oh, it's going to be hard, it's going to be, then you know, you got a bad attitude, you got to repent. So it's going to be fun. You know, you get to shape uh, individual's life. And, and, and if you go and say, we're going to have fun, and the kids have fun, and everybody has fun, and you end up liking it better than being in here listening to me. All right? And that's okay because you're fulfilling. All right? And, and in doing that, as we get better, we gain significance and we become what we're, who we're called to be, which is the church. All right? Sarah has some announcements.